Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Alicia Thayer. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And in this episode, we are covering Agent Carter, Season 1, Episode 7, Snafu, a.k.a. Situation Normal, All Fudged Up. Original <laughs> air date, February 17th, 2015. <laughs> all right um so this is the episode before the season finale so things are getting uh, a little little crazy at this point um, a little heated so, you might say yeah yeah a little heated a little explosive a little maybe bit, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> i have no idea if you guys can hear the sound uh outside of my window right now but there were some fireworks so oh, um, maybe that. that maybe that made it into the recording yeah uh <laughs> so anyway here's the the quick little intro of the episode uh peggy is cornered and more vulnerable than ever as leviathan makes their move against her as the ssr zeroes in on howard stark they may pay the ultimate price as they find their true enemy is closer than they realized dun, dun, dun. thank you alicia <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> i was like at the second dun i didn't think you were gonna make it <laughs> I was there. Remember, I'm a, for some reason still a little slow in incoming sound, so I wait till you get the first one out, and then I join in just to make sure I'm okay. right there on time. Fair, fair. <laughs> Alrighty, so the episode set, uh, starts off with another flashback. Uh, we're at uh, 1943, so three years before the events of the season. Uh, we're in Russia at some sort of battle, not the Battle of Finale. Uh, mm-hmm. But we see uh, Dr. Uh, Ivchenko, I think is the pronounce- pronunciation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, so he uh, basically hypnotizes a guy to be able to um, have surgery performed on him because they ran out of drugs to cut it, put him out, basically, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's... They, uh, it, it's, it's a nice show of uh, how powerful his uh, hypnosis is, too, because like, yeah. it kind of explains how he's able to do some other things. Yeah, and then they, um, when they call him over, they don't call him Doctor Ivchenko, they call him Doctor Fenhoff, right. which must, which I assume is his real name. And in the comics, Doctor Fenhoff is a supervillain called uh, named Doctor Faustus, and he's actually reading the book, uh, The Tragedy of Doctor Faustus. Mm. Uh, in the comics, he's actually Austrian and not Russian. Um, he was a hypnotist, and in uh, Agents of Shield. When they brainwash Agent 33, they use the Faustus method. So they probably got it from Dr. Fenhoff Ivchenko. Hmm. Hmm. Wait, does he he doesn't go by Faustus though in in the show, right? No, but he goes by uh or the Russian doctor who calls him over calls him Dr. Fenhoff, yeah. not Dr. Ivchenko. And Fenhoff is uh Johan Fenhoff is the um character's uh the supervillain name. So oh, maybe he goes okay. goes by it later if he survives or something like that. Oh, okay. So he was reading his own book. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, you guys ever read Faustus? <laughs> no. It's like a three hundred or four hundred year old play, and it's pretty much the original guy sells the soul to the devil story. So it's not really hypnotism, but it's evil. <laughs> It's a it's an interesting evil. like evil. It's an interesting reference to make for for calling someone evil. But okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um. So next scene, we find out. Hey, three years later. Uh. And now we're 
right at the scene that uh, we ended on the previous episode. So now Carter is getting uh, interrogated in the SSR building. Um, interrogated we also is notice... a word for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty close to interrogating. But uh, yeah, we see um, Chief Dooley is fully under Ivchenko's hypnosis because Ivchenko is there watching the the whole mm-hmm. interrogation. Um, mm-hmm. Carter is being interrogated by what I like to call now the non-Carters, the all the name, named agents that aren't Carter. Um, <laughs> the three of them that are left. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Uh, and then um, also, uh, I, I just love how Carter ends the interrogation, reminding everyone that they're locked in there with her. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, see this whole good cop, bad cop thing that Thompson and Suze are doing, which is weird because they traded places. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also mirrors uh, kind of Captain America and the Iron Man's arc through Civil War, mm-hmm. where if you think of Peggy as like representing the U.S. government or being equal to that, uh, Sousa is Steve. He's loyal to Peggy until he's hurt by Peggy or betrayed, kind of like Steve was loyal to America until he was betrayed by S.H.I.E.L.D. And then... Um, uh, Thompson is kind of like Tony. He's a cocky asshole who supports, um, supported everything or was against the government or against Peggy until he made a mistake, which was kind of him almost getting everyone killed in Russia if his plan mm-hmm. went through. Yeah, so I thought it would be like a cool parallels to what's going to happen, I guess, in a year from when this episode comes out. Huh, yeah. I did not think of it that way. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> it's foreshadowing oh. probably mm-hmm. accidentally but it happens <laughs> right well I don't know remember yeah. the guys who um wrote most of these episodes are the same guys who wrote uh Civil War and Winter Soldier and oh, that's true uh, it, uh Infinity War now I I was thinking that the reason their roles were kind of reversed was because Sousa was like genuinely upset and angry about this mm-hmm. and Thompson just kind of went with the opposite role like that that's why i thought they went that way but this works too mm-hmm. well uh, thompson kind of uh understands peggy a little bit more because he's done a bad thing and trying to make up for it i mean killing the surrendering japanese right. so he probably feels a little more uh, willing to forgive uh, Peggy compared to Sousa, who is like probably very Captain American-y, where he's never really made a mistake like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and and then uh, also part of uh, the scene, we see uh, how suspicious uh, Agent Thompson is about uh, uh, why Chief Agent Dooley is uh, letting Ivchenko go ahead and watch the interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So... Uh, that was that was interesting. That had because he he just kind of walked in. I was like, "Hey, wait, why why is he here?" Yeah, at least someone's calling him out on it. I mean, he's <laughs> a chief; he can't do anything about it. Right. But someone noticed. That's good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> right. As opposed to most times that our people are just like, "Okay, that's normal." Yeah. No. No. Not normal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um. After this scene ends, uh, we see Jarvis just stroll on into the SSR <laughs> through With the through worst the plan in the world. I was right? just gonna say. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
okay, I've been here before. No, it's really not okay, Jarvis. It's not. <laughs> oh my god. So, okay, so this is the only entrance into the SSR that we know of, right? Because it's the right. only one we've been seeing all season. Is this the only entrance to the SSR? I've brought that up before. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, yeah, I'm going with it. No, um, we know that uh because of when peggy had to change with the men like the other only other option was going down to the ad agency downstairs so you've got to assume the ad agency is the other place that the men go through um because it's always men with suits and stuff I've, i'm imagining um mad men which it takes place like 20 years later but it all matches up with what the ssr agents were Okay, well, the the only reason I'm confused is because Jarvis went to that entrance, and when Jarvis was brought in before, wouldn't he have gone to the entrance he knows? Like, I, I can't imagine Carter would have told Jarvis, oh yeah, this is the entrance I used to get into the SSR. I'm sure, because they're both really bad at hiding stuff, that Jarvis has literally dropped her off in front of that <laughs> thing. Right. <laughs> And he he said goodbye, and he had to honk the co- honk the the horn a couple times because she forgot something in the car, and she yelled, yep. "Carter, you forgot your your SSR badge!" And then she had to run in back and get it, and said, "Oh, thanks, Jarvis. I'll see Car- you later at the Stark Mansion." And then she went in. Is that what Carter? Happened? You you forgot your evidence that you were helping Tony uh, Howard Stark escape from SSR custody. With me, Edwin Jarvis, butler of Howard Stark. Right. I have a signed confession. Please don't shoot me. <laughs> well, now I want to see that. <laughs> um, so also during this, um, we see that uh, Jarvis, again, being the awkward gentleman that he is, almost gets shot again by not knowing how to talk to women. I have a signed confession. Please don't shoot me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably should have led with that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so um, that gets... Um, I, I don't remember. They, I'm sure they say her name, but the the, the telephone lady... And like the, the first episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, hang on, let me see. Mm, anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we can just move on. Um, anyway, we'll that lady, the lead one... Beatrice, yeah, that works for me. She looks I, like no, I, that's not her name. <laughs> we did not put her name down, so from the time being, she is Beatrice. All right, Beatrice. So, so Beatrice is about to shoot Jarvis, and then he finally gives the the proper information. She says, "Oh, okay." So then uh, um, he gets. I, I guess he gets let up, or he just he just waits there until some agents come down and get him. Uh, we don't really see that, but the next scene, uh, we do see that um, Carter, Jarvis, and the non-Carters. Uh, all meet to uh, discuss the Stark confession that Jarvis says he has. Um, try to uh, make a deal to hand over Stark, and um, then we find out that Jarvis wrote it, and that was a whole lie, a whole fake. Lies, yeah, and lies. he he literally had no plan whatsoever to get out of that situation. But now they're he just in the situation together. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was under the impression that they'd be able to walk out and they just go go what they thought was going to be Howard Stark, but uh, yeah, no, Chief Dooley is smarter than he looks. Yeah, I mean, how naive can you be? I mean, after eight episodes or was it seven episodes, mm-hmm. you should you know have a little bit of an idea of how this works. They're not just going to let him go. 
<laughs> or a signed piece of paper. So thinking ahead just a little bit um, for the rest of the episode, did this help at all anything? Like, did, did Jarvis actually help by doing this or or no? Because I, I can't think of anything that was a better thing for Carter because of this. Um, She and he successfully broke the window, the mirror. <laughs> and then Thompson walked in right after that. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Works for me. The answer is uh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All righty. Um, so after that happens and Carter and Jarvis are, are left in the room. Actually, you know what? No. I, I think it's this. Uh, this next part that I'm about to say. Carter and Jarvis witness Dr. Ivchenko uh, using English Morse code at the window. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I don't think Carter would have been in that room if Jarvis hadn't gone and tried to give a confession. That's true. It's all part of Jarvis's brilliant plan. Accurate. Yes. Yeah, she wouldn't have been in the same room. They would have kept her locked up, locked up right. in the interrogation room. You're right. Yeah. Or maybe some other jail room too. But either way, nowhere near where all mm -hmm. the agents are. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And nowhere near enough to see the uh, the uh, Morse code. Yeah. The English Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which wouldn't have mattered to carter because we know she speaks russian and probably a handful of other languages but right. still mm -hmm. it still i was a little there. more surprised that jarvis spoke morse or knew morse code i was like dude what well he was well, in the military right like i imagine it's a f common enough skill back then right because mm -hmm. yeah. considering what percentage of people were in the military at that time yeah, the problem is that no other agents noticed that Ivchenko was doing anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> and at least Thompson was in the military. Mm-hmm. Thompson Souza was in the military. Um, yeah, I've got to assume Dool I've got to assume every man in there was in the military, because it was just right after World War Two. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, World War Two people got drafted, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drafted or signed up, but I mean, at a minimum, like working for the SSR after working for the military, like that's a nice transition too. So it's, um, you know, they they have skills for that kind of stuff. So they were probably also good at that stuff. So mm -hmm. you know, having that on their resume probably worked out really well. So yeah, they, they probably, probably all all did. Yeah. So they're rolling really low on their perception checks. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you roll a natural one. No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you get put into the SSR apparently if you roll a natural <laughs> one. <laughs> no, if you roll a natural one, you not only do you get put in the SSR, you get put apart as part of the team. Peggy kicked the crap out of. Oh, or your Youch from last episode. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Oh, poor little redshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a red shirt's better than the red vest that uh, Dooley puts on later. So, mm -hmm. that is true. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, uh, so Carter sees this, and uh, as soon as she figures out what uh, Ivchenko is saying, she uh, decides to uh, give a confession to Chief Dooley. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, yeah. she starts confessing everything, which works mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, gives up Steve Rogers's blood, basically as a peace offering. Well, yeah. to get them to trust her it's not even really a peace offering it's she knows she mm -hmm. doesn't have the the trust yet and she knows that they know how much she 
cared for Steve or at least was on the team and would was part of part of what happened um and therefore it's giving them anything she holds dear They're basically saying yeah. I'm trusting you with this please trust me yeah I gotta um give credit where credit's due to the um like I don't know if it's production design for props or special effects mm-hmm. but yeah um the ball that the uh the blood is in mm-hmm. when they close it again after they see the blood it's only on there for probably a quarter of a second i had to go back and pause it but they actually instead of having a line where you would see it opens up it actually seals up and looks like one solid thing that they had to do with cg oh that's cool so i I think it's real impressive that, yeah, it's a TV show and it was on for less than half a second, but they did that. So I want to give a shout out to the people we actually don't talk about, the behind the scenes people a lot. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the behind the scenes people being one of those behind the scenes people myself. (laughs) Yeah, that is that is really awesome. There was uh, I don't remember what this was. We we, kind of talked about this similar concept a while ago. I think it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode where there was something about a table. And then, uh, oh, it, it was uh, earlier during season two of Agents of Shield. Um, uh, oh, what was it? Um, <laughs> great. Now, now I'm completely. Oh, are you on talking the, the leader? Yep. Coulson? Coulson. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> blanked on his name. Uh, Coulson's desk. It like opened up and it had some cool gizmos in it, and then it closed and it just was completely flat with no lines. Seamless. Or yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll ignore the fact that I completely forgot one of my favorite characters in the right. Marvel Universe's <laughs> name and we'll talk about uh <laughs> um the the next scene basically uh, all the uh the non-Carter agents trying to decide if they believe Carter or not and figuring out where mm-hmm. they're where they're going to go with that. So um actually yeah. uh, really quickly before we we move on with that there was something i wanted to bring up uh that i forgot to mention during this past scene where where carter actually does her full confession mm-hmm. um there there were some things in there that she said that she didn't say during the original interrogation at the beginning of the episode like five minutes earlier like it, it seems like she said nothing like it was hey here's an hour or three hours or however long they took of talking with her less and than 90 minutes anything. Because we know that from the Morse code that she was supposed to attack in 90 minutes. Yep. But <laughs> either way, yeah, they had some time. And mm-hmm. it was one of those things where, you know, they probably awkwardly sat there until they knew the cameras were on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we've seen many other times in this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, now now moving on. Now that that, that tangent's out of the way. Um, so... Um, the the agents, you know, because they're they're deciding to look into this to see if uh, Carter is even telling the truth or not. Um, they kind of split up. So now we have Chief Agent Dooley um, sticking around, uh, working mm-hmm. with uh, Ivchenko, basically, um, and uh, just kind of trying to trying to keep an eye on him. Uh, and uh, he's probably the reason that this all kind of messes up because he tells Ivchenko to close the window at the absolute worst possible time. Oh yeah. Right when his guys are walking across the street. Right. Yeah, exactly. Moron. <laughs> you know they're going over there. Why would you really why don't you come over for here for a minute? So we can discuss shit. Yeah. Like come come over here. I'll close the window. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, anyway, so we we see. I mean, he over time we just see that he gets more and more hypnotized by Evchenko, mm-hmm. um, and because of that, later he uh, then goes and locks Carter and Jarvis in an interrogation room and breaks <laughs> the key off. Right. Um, I don't know. Those have, things have are stupid gotten... hard to get out. By the way. <laughs> I, I bet, but have, did, did keys get harder like over the past so many decades? Because that's like, is, is that easy to do back then? Well, um, you have to remember that a lot of certain metals uh, were uh, stolen or u- utilized during wartime. So some of the, the uh, weaker the metals, heavier metals. Yeah, no, no, the weaker. Yeah, the heavy metal, heavier metals got used, but the weaker metals didn't. So probably the keys have at least been changed once. At some point, um, and they're weaker keys because of the weaker metal. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, whatever. I actually don't know what type of metal my key is made of, but it's probably they use it for battleships or guns or bullets back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, those shortages lasted into the 50s because uh, like a paper shortage in England is the reason why Lord of the Rings is three volumes instead of one because they couldn't make a book that big. At the time, they didn't have enough paper. Yep. Huh. Did not know that. I cannot imagine it as one book. That's too long. Ugh. I have it as one book. It's about oh, 1,200 yeah. pages long. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, w- was it written as one book and then Yes, it out? was. It was written oh. as one book. Yeah. I have a four-book set about the history of the writing of Lord of the Rings as well, if you ever want me <laughs> bored to death. <laughs> I, th- mm-hmm. I think I'm good. I think I can watch part two of Avengers 98. But uh, <laughs> is is that four part book about the writing? Is it longer than the actual books? Um, it looks like it. I'm looking at it on my shelf. <laughs> it's not in one volume, and I don't want to do the math adding up the pages. But probably. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, sounds good. It's it's like when you buy a you know a Blu-ray or DVD or something. And all the extra features are longer than the movie itself. You get like seven Hen- hours of extra features. Hence Lord of the Rings, where all the features are longer than the, the longest movies ever made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So anyway, back to this. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So so super hypnotized uh, Agent Dooley um, is basically doing everything Ivchenko tells him to do. Um, he. Right. Uh, like we said, he he locks Carter and Jarvis in the interrogation room. He uh, tells the scientist people they're closed until further notice. <clears throat> and then they start looking for uh, Invention 17, not Invention 12 from uh, from uh, Stark. Actually, it's Item 17. And the only reason I'm correcting you is because we've had another Item 17 in the MCU. Uh, the Iron Spider Suit that Tony gives uh, Peter in the, uh, Infinity War is item 17A, which I thought was weird that it wasn't like item 12. Right. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I still feel like, uh, you know, they, they don't say 12 as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in the good old days. <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then Dooley just lets Ivchenko go. Yeah, like you do, mm-hmm. with a brief moment of hesitance. Yeah, that was actually really really cool because he's trying. He he wants to not let him go. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now with that whole thing with uh, Chief Dooley, I have Chekhov gone. Um, so now we see the other non-Carter agents, uh, Sousa... Thompson. Agent Thompson. Chad, Michael Murray, and the others. <laughs> and um, So they're, they're all checking out the other building. Um, and uh, yeah, and so then, then uh, Agent Sousa just happens to end up on the same floor as Dottie as they're, they're mm-hmm. all um, going around. Um, finds Dottie. Um, she gets away. Um, jumping down the the staircase in a really cool way, mm-hmm. right? Was, Dude, that would be makes, awesome if I could ever do that, like some serious parkour <laughs> shit. Oh yeah. yeah, it makes me think if that's the way Bucky was planning to go down the stairs, if Steve wasn't screwing him up in Civil War, <laughs> because they're both trained by Soviets, right? So I wonder if that's like a standard thing. <laughs> St- standard training. Uh, yeah. Go, jumping to the bottom floor of a of a building. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be effective. Yeah, it would definitely yeah. get you there faster than running. Yeah, but it ends with a uh, superhero landing number twenty two because that's definitely a superhero landing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that totally was. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so she ends up getting away. She kills one of those agents, right? Or just takes him out? I actually don't remember. She probably kills him. I'm just okay, assuming because it... she's deadly. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it, it, it does end with, I think, the agent pointing a gun at her, and I think she smiles, and then the next thing we just see her, her gone. She She's left. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after uh, standing back up, uh, Sousa looks around and finds the dead doctor from the previous episode, uh, and all of the notes. Uh, all the notes that uh, Dottie decided to not destroy, I guess. Yeah, and written in convenient English. Right. Again, uh-huh. <laughs> and... dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh, so they get away, or she gets away, and then she gets a car, circles around the block a, a time or two, and then picks up Ivchenko. So now, now they're working together. And then mm-hmm. that's uh, definitely not good. Good at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So now that that's all taken care of, Carter and Jarvis uh, try to break out of the interrogation window. And it's a good thing Jarvis is there because she helps Carter do that. <laughs> or he helps uh, Carter do that. They She probably wouldn't have been able to do that alone, I assume. I assume. Based off yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. I, I love how um how Jarvis keeps telling the, stop, 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 stop. What if there are people on the other side of the glass? He's such a girl well- that way. Like, wait, wait, what about this? Wait, 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 what else? it's like dude just do it already <laughs> i like that so, they, they might they might get hurt from a hail of glass well we might get hurt by a hail of bullets and they do it and they're still stuck to the table <laughs> <laughs> so did, did either of you think about the the table thing until after like right i did after? not i could be completely honest and i did not <laughs> Yeah, same, same here. Like, I, I feel like that's one of those things everyone realized at the same time. Like, oh yeah, they're awkwardly doing that. Cool. Oh. Oh wait. Um, how did they intend to do that? Like, they would probably Quick, would have... Jarvis, gnaw off your arm. Right. <laughs> you just break your pinky or your thumb, right? Is uh, that it? you break yeah, your thumb you... and then you or can get at it. least you, very you least dislocate it. Out of yeah, I was like dislocate it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is that actually real? Yeah. Like. Well, I can't. You have? I can dislocate my uh, my thumb whenever I want to. I am double jointed. So I, I can get mine really far down. So yeah. 
Yeah, I've never tried to get out of handcuffs that way. I've used it to get out of being tied up in ropes when I was a child. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe it'll work. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just curious. I, like, I've, I've only ever seen it on TV, like most things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious if, if uh, it was real. As like, a child, okay, cool. I uh, thought it was fun to get out of being tied up. Don't ask me why. I have no idea, but I thought it was entertaining. And somebody oh, hogtied oh, me Dini. once. And okay, yeah, no, I got hogtied <laughs> and left outside, and it was cold at night. And I, the only way I was able to get out was to, to basically pull my thumb all the way down just to get my hand out. Okay, um, <laughs> I feel like we've gone a little too deep into this rabbit hole, so let's <laughs> climb our way back up. <laughs> so Carter and Jarvis get out. <laughs> Thompson walks in at the right at the perfect time. It's Thompson. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's it for that. So then, uh, next scene, we see Chief Dooley uh, dreaming of being Wait, home. Wait, before we move on, I just realized they had to break the window anyway because the door is um, broken because he broke the key into the door. You can get that out. So they'd have to break the window. It's yeah, but they probably, I mean, with the amount of time they have, they probably would have broken the window anyway. Probably. Yeah, and so they would have had to do it. Double... So it's good like a, a two-way mirror that is not some strong glass yeah you think i mean the only, what i can think of is when the joker is hit into a uh, glass in the dark knight mm-hmm. and it didn't shatter instantly exactly and batman was hitting him hard yeah he was <laughs> i you know i really question how strong glass is because we like we see it in in movies all the time it's breaking um, mm-hmm. because someone's being thrown through it or something's being thrown through it, which if a human is being thrown through glass, that's like probably a ton of force. Uh, but there was a movie, a comedy I was watching a while ago and like people kept falling onto like a glass table or something and it kept not breaking. And then, you know, that was just a running <laughs> joke. Uh, but like, like now I'm curious, like what I, I kind of want to get like a glass table and do that, but I'm, I'm never going to do that. But, um, my hand has gone through a glass window before with not a lot of force. Oh. Uh, um, uh, we At my parents' place growing up, we would have a swinging, our back door swung closed, like a regular door, but it had like five window panes. And as a joke, my dad would keep locking my sister out in the backyard. <laughs> and this is like when I was like 12 or 13 and she stole my Game Boy or Game Boy Advance or something and I was chasing out of her and I ran past my dad and I realized oh crap he's going to close the door on us so I put my hand out and my hand went right through the window Whoops! very quickly Oof. yeah I've got, a, I've got a big scar on my wrist because it cut my arm open but yeah it, it didn't take a lot of force it wasn't like my dad was slamming it he was just you know just hit the door closed so yeah it's not it's not hard. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> All right. All right. So with that, uh, <laughs> so now in the next scene, uh, we see, uh, so Chief Dooley's uh, uh, dreaming of being home, seeing uh, his, wife. Uh, his son. Uh, uh, yeah, his son and his wife. Uh, not his daughter. I'm assuming that means he only likes one child. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, then he wakes up with the glowing bomb vest on 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about that dream a little bit. His son is played by a kid who turns out to be another superhero. He's the voice of Robin in the new Batman Batman by Gaslamp, the new cartoon that just came out. Yeah, I don't even know that. Or no. came out a few months ago, if you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> or years. Or decades. Nah, probably not. Alright, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> When we're in the podcasting hall of fame. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad I was the only one that was like, uh when, when when the MCU rewind becomes more popular than the actual MCU, mm. that's when they'll be listening to it. Oh, okay. Alright. You know. It's likely. <laughs> it could happen in Peru. Yeah. yeah. We're huge in Peru. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna don't check ask that me. later. Now I'm, I'm curious if we have any actual downloads from Peru. I'm gonna look. <laughs> the numbers are going at least triple, especially if it's we have zero listeners from Peru. Then it's going like quadruple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was was that it for the the dream sequence? Yes. Oh okay. All right. So so Dooley uh, wakes up. He's got this vest on him, and. Um, everyone is trying to uh trying to to help him um and this was it really interesting to me um everyone was trusting carter again like like they just kind of immediately went back to okay she's one of us again Uh is what it felt like like i i know they kind of had more pressing matters they had you know the chief had a bomb vest on but Uh uh, it was uh interesting um well, they've realized there can only be one bad guy and one bad woman, so it couldn't be Jarvis and Peggy. <laughs> it had to be Dottie Nivchenko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> so this scene actually kind of had a question for me. Um, so Ivchenko, like, knew instantly after seeing this vest what it is and what it does. Mm-hmm. How does he know? Like... How how did he know about the vest? How did he know about item number seventeen? Um, I mean, didn't they? Wasn't he part of the group, or at least in connection with the group, who stole the stuff? So it might be like cataloged somewhere in um the pile of stuff. So he has an idea of what everything is. But if it, it feels like the the entire like so so in in the end, like I spoiler alert from you know two seconds or two two minutes in the episode uh, later in the episode that we're talking about. um three minutes ahead um <laughs> um so it looked like item 17 was oh. that gas canister murder at the end okay. of the episode right. yeah. yeah so so he knew about that beforehand like like his his entire plan was to be to get captured taken into the ssr where the the things were and uh-huh. then and then pick it up and even before that, his my assumption is his entire plan was always to get that canister. How did he know about the canister? I, uh, I honestly don't remember if they end up saying it in the season finale in the next episode. I don't know. I, don't I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, we haven't seen why he knows either. yet. Yeah. Because I mean, he, he knew about the canister and the vest. Now, the vest could make some sense because that was actually proposed, I think, to, to work for from i think the military mm-hmm. um so that could have been somewhat public um i don't remember if he no i i 
thinking about the future, I don't remember if he was at Finau. Well, he or, might not be anything, at Finau, but he might have found there out. were people. He's Russian, right? Yeah, there were people around who knew what happened. Wait, wait, wait. he's yeah. Russian. Okay. Yeah, he is. So it's possible he, he came upon the mm-hmm. scene afterwards and saw the argument with Stark and the military. Yeah, and that, or he knew, um, like scientists who tested out, you know, their blood to see mm-hmm. what chemicals were in there or something like exactly. that. But yeah, if he had access to knowledge of what happened at Finau, he could probably figure out something's up, and Stark is the one who does this crazy shit. Okay. All right. I mean, it works for me. It's just it. It seems a little like, uh, you know, oh, the the bad guy magically knows all this stuff, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, there's also the bad guy magically knows that it happens to be in that vault of where where things are. And he Stark only has the one versus seven or something. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's you know, I'm looking too into it. It's too late. Oh. This is episode seven of eight, so it's. You know, but. Also, he remember he can get information pretty easily by hypnotizing people. So, there are people probably higher up in the Russian military, or even maybe some in the U.S. military when we were allies, um, who might have given them the information without intending mm-hmm. to. That's a good point. Okay. Hmm. All right. That, yeah, that works for me. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, hypnosis power. All right. Cool. So, uh, back to this this whole situation with Chief Dooley. Um, he uh, decides to go on and, and sacrifice himself. So they, we, we find out that there's no way of actually removing the vest. Once it's on, the person is a, is a goner, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, he sacrifices himself. He turns back to uh, Carter and, and makes her promise that they, you know, they, they catch the, the right people. Um, and then he uh, jumps out the window at the best possible time given the situation so uh, actually like like three seconds beforehand would have been better so they'd have less of a backlash explosion (laughs) oh okay all right (laughs) still really good time he uh he knew roughly when the when the vest was gonna go off instead of Mm -hmm. jumping out the window and, and landing on the ground with all the civilians uh can we talk about this vest for just a second Howard built this vest. Mm -hmm. It exploded. Then he built another one exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Because how would he know it exploded unless it had already exploded? He probably had more than one prototype to to basically try it on on different people. He probably had the first one on, discovered it exploded, and put that one away. So, (sighs) So here's another theory. Maybe it didn't explode. Maybe... Stark was there and mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, this is about to go off. Okay, I built it, I know what's going on, let me do something. And he was able to do like some uh electro wizardry stuff to get it off. That's the only other thing. But that, like it was about to blow up. That's possible. I yeah. I mean my my first thought would be, well, why wouldn't he tell Jarvis how to disarm it? But then why the hell would he keep all this shit? So that argument's out the window. <laughs> Much like Dooley. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> um this explosion is one of the few th- scenes I really remember from this episode from watching it back in two thousand fifteen. And it's much more shocking and much larger than I remember it being. So yeah, I just think it's a, that was a crazy how much damage it did. Mm-hmm. 
ridiculous. Yeah. Damage galore. <laughs> All right. Um. So with that, uh, we get to the uh, the final scene of the uh, the episode, uh, and we see uh, Dottie and Ivchenko going into a movie theater. A movie theater. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. letting out some gas. <laughs> Rude. Just crop dusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alicia, I see you had some points. You want to talk about this? Oh yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, because I have seen this show before, uh, I vaguely recall this being related to the the incident in was it Russia? Where is it? Yeah, yeah, Fennel, Russia. Battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fennel, the Battle of Fennel. I'm pretty sure this is. May or may not be what uh what happened to those people. Oh yeah. Um, I'm which a little... is horrific, by the way. Like seriously, and also, did the 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 gas dissipate at some point? And so the people walking into the theater in the next like literally few minutes since that happened, uh, did it not affect them? And B, there are people working the concessions. Did they not hear anything? <laughs> um well i can uh, like wave away you know hand wave the dissipation of the gas you know it might have gone higher up in the rafters or gone out vents um i can't explain all the yelling that no one realized unless maybe they were watching a horror movie and just thought it was a cartoon in fact it was a uh dexter's laboratory cartoon to be more specific it was I recognize the art style, but I'm like I didn't think I thought it was like oh, this must be similar to something that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible <laughs> because that's not even <laughs> that's about fifty years off, huh. right? Uh, I was like, um, that doesn't belong there. What the hell? To pile on, no one knows that there was a crowbar in the door until those people walked up, right? And and the usher wasn't even concerned. He they didn't even comment. Hey, that's weird. There's a crowbar in here, so no one can escape. Right, <laughs> weirdos. I I mean, all I've got is is back then movie the movies were different. Going to the yeah. theater was, I I don't know. I get that, yeah, but I think it's an event like this that caused them to have emergency exits because you know you go to a movie theater now and you can see the exits to the left and right of the screen. Mm-hmm. Right then, obviously, there was no other exit at all. Ugh. So I don't fully remember like exactly what the gas did, um, but in my mind, like right it now, made them like uber aggressive. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. That, all right. That is what. It, so I, I, I think they could have gone with something a little bit different um, at the time that this episode came out. Um, I mean, that concept was already a little, little old, old hat because. Um, four days before that, Kingsman: The Secret Service came out having the exact same plotline. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it came out so, so like so closely to that. I did not either. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, yeah, um, I, I actually don't. <laughs> to remember be fair, when... I didn't see it until way later. So there's that. Oh. Yeah, I didn't see it until right before the second one came out. I only watched it to see the second one in theaters. <laughs> I wasn't I sure it... I was going to like the first one, so. <laughs> Okay, I I saw it like opening week. I think, I think I I saw Kingsman, and then like a day later I watched the episode of uh of Agent Carter, so it was like mm-hmm. oh interesting. We got Samuel L. Jackson right here, 
releasing something to make everyone rage attack each other. Oh, interesting. You've got, well, not Samuel Russian Jackson people. in this case, but yeah, Russian people. <laughs> something Samuel Jackson is very loosely affiliated with, uh, <laughs> releasing rage. Russian stuff. people? <laughs> okay. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> he might be. I'm sure he knows a few people that are Russian. Possibly. Mm-hmm. He knows Natasha Romanoff. Yeah, there you go. That works. <laughs> All righty. Um, and that's it for the episode. Do either of you have anything? Nope. No, I'm good. Nope. All right, cool. All right, everyone. Um, so this has been the uh, second to last episode of the first season of uh, Agent Carter. Uh, listen next week when we will finish out the season of Agent Carter and talk about episode number eight. And as always, please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. And please give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, assuming you like this. Otherwise, gas that makes people super aggressive. No. No. All right. This is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agent Carter Season 1, Episode 7, Snafu, signing off. Have a marvelous day. What's it all about? Can't figure it out. Is it contagious or simply outrageous? Snafu. We hear it everywhere, Snafu. Is it like a pill or is it a thrill? Is it a military secret? We asked a Louis who at first was Robert Formal. And then he laughed and shouted, situation normal.